0: Welcome to the Spawn Point. Loading is now complete. Here's your host, Nick. Hey
1: everybody, welcome to the official premiere episode of the Spawn Point, powered by Artesian Builds. I'm your host, Senpai Nick. Don't forget to check us out with new YouTube videos dropping every Tuesday, and the audio episodes dropping on iTunes and Spotify every Wednesday. We've got a great premiere episode coming up. We've got Nathan, aka Five from Pride, as well as Darius from Respawn Products to talk the Mandalorian. Let's dive right in. All right, let's go ahead and welcome our first official guest to the Spawn Point. You guys know him. You love him from Synergy, owner of Pride. Welcome, Five Nathan. Thank you so much for coming on the show. How's it going, bro?
0: Hey, dude, I'm doing amazing. I had my coffee. I got a haircut this morning. It's, it's been a good day so far.
1: That's Yeah, that is the best way to start it. Dude, Fresh Cut <laughs> is like the right? best.
0: It's I, it's just like a clean feeling.
1: Oh, it is. I, I'm like, luckier than most. Uh, My wife girlfriend baby mom whatever you want to call her she uh yeah she went to school for um like beautician haircutting before she did her current career so it's like i get a fresh haircut every week maybe twice a week if i'm lucky like in-house don't have to pay it's it's a blessing
0: that saves so much like i i I spend 40 bucks a month on haircuts basically because like i have to like i have to have my hair like a certain standard uh so yeah it's it's like it gets spendy but yeah dude that's such like a blessing just like having that resource that that saves a lot of money
1: <laughs> yeah dude it's, <laughs> it's perfect it just gets turned around in like pokemon cards it's I'm, yeah. it's not like i'm saving money
0: <laughs> oh yeah i mean you're you're saving money i mean uh, technically you could get that back if you get like a, a good pokemon card
1: yeah that would be nice not yet i well, i've I just had yeah. the worst pulls man like it's so bad i keep watching all my That's friends fair. get these great cards and i got
0: nothing. i know i know one of my one of my buddies got like a uh he he got like the the rainbow Vmax Pikachu and it's mm. like uh, I got the regular one so I'm like dude I, uh, let me trade
1: Yeah I was I was actually watching the stream where you got that one I was so psyched
0: Yeah Yeah that was definitely I don't know it's it's like addicting I was talking to somebody and it's like it's kind of like wholesome gambling a little bit oh, cuz like cuz there's definitely like a yeah there's like a um I don't know a like economy to pokemon cards so it's like it's like okay like if if you pull this like you can you can like uh, turn your
1: money around um but if you don't then
0: it's you have you have some cool art
1: exactly somebody the other day like directly compared it to playing um like five card like you're just waiting for that last flop and it it, you know because it's right at the end when you're going through your cards too it's like one of the last cards you're gonna pull it's it's very much like poker because it's make or break on that last card flip
0: (laughs) exactly i i I like what they did with the vivid voltage though they brought out like the amazing rares so like you can you can get an amazing rare and a like a Mm -hmm. like a full full art card so that's that's kind of cool where it's it's not like just that like one card per deck it's like you could get two potentially
1: yeah and it's at least for me i'm way more into like the art of the cards too Mm -hmm. there's a lot of cards i'll get psyched about just because of how cool they look but they're only worth like like 80 cents yeah
0: (laughs) yeah I uh I I opened up a couple evolutions packs, uh like the ones from 2016, and they have yep. their secret rares have like that specialized art that's like it that looks like a kid drew it, um but like it's just like it's just like really cool just to like look at like it doesn't really have a lot of value even though it is like a little bit more rare, um but it's just like nice. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah yeah, Surf Pikachu delicious? is like one of my yes, favorite cards. Yep. Yeah yeah, worth nothing Beautiful. but it's like I instantly put it in a plastic. I was like, you're my baby now.
0: Yeah here forever
1: so just like us to get sidetracked right away uh, circling back <laughs> to the okay. okay um just want to you know i i guess i would call us friends i know a lot about yeah. you but the greater community might not um let's just get get to know you a little better just okay. tell us the, the basics where are you from what do you do when you're not streaming what what is the yeah. life of nathan all about
0: um i mean so i live I, I live in kansas right now i'm from oregon i've lived here for four years almost. It's been, it's, it's really close to four years. I think, uh, later, later in 2021, um, uh, when I'm not streaming, I am like doing stuff for pride or like working on stuff for my stream. Uh, and also like my day job is I'm a firefighter. So I, I do that. Um, that's my full-time job. So like technically streaming is my full, full, uh, my, my part-time, my, my part-time baby. Uh, but yeah, firefighting is, is kind of what, what I do for, for an income.
1: That's awesome. Right so I, that was, yeah. I was going to follow up and ask if you were a volunteer yeah. full time. Um, my dad was a firefighter on a military oh, base for like 35 years. So like that, yeah. I get, man. I get excited whenever I meet firefighters. I'm like, Oh yeah. yeah. So Doing what, it on a military base is
0: cool too. It's
1: it, do you do like it different. on a military base or are you yeah. like a normal? Yeah, I do
0: it on a military base.
1: Oh, that's so cool. So is that why you're in Kansas?
0: yeah they uh I, yeah i definitely did not choose to be here coming from oregon, if, <laughs> if you don't know if you don't know oregon has like really great nature mm-hmm. like mountains like trees and beautiful um kansas is the opposite it's it's not that um if you live in kansas i'm sorry but it, it's true
1: it's not the way of it's
0: yeah it's i mean not,
1: it's, it's <laughs> not a bad place but uh dude oregon's ah. my favorite place i love portland yeah. D- driving it's beautiful through the state yeah. going from california He's to washington is so gorgeous
0: Yes, I was there in the fall uh, like like a month ago. All the leaves were turning like orange and stuff. And it was oh. it was like a like, like just driving was like looking at like a like a wallpaper, like a PC wallpaper. It was, it was beautiful. Yeah.
1: So big Ducks fan.
0: Yes. Yeah. Attaboy. 100 percent.
1: Yeah. That's definitely my non like obviously I'm a Badgers fan like to the mm. core. But if I had to pick like yeah. one other team that I've loved since I was a kid. Definitely yeah. Oregon. And I'm not even yeah. like ashamed to say it's hundred percent the uniforms. Like that's that is one hundred percent what I me mean, in.
0: The uniforms, they're beautiful. It's it's kinda it's always been like that's that's been like the culture, like a different uniform every week. Like it's really it. cool. It's really cool. But yeah. Dude, Russell Wilson. Yes, I
1: love that that,
0: that's guy. my boy. He's my boy too. I, I love him. Cause I'm i I'm a Seahawks fan Because Oh, good. that's all I have. But yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, you guys have no pro sports there.
0: Nope. None. I think they're trying to get a baseball team. Like it's they're like petitioning for it. Like, and I I think they're trying to like find the land. Uh, but not yet, not yet. Oh, well, actually, they do have soccer, MLS. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not
1: even a good team.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're mediocre. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. No,
1: no, no pro
0: sports teams. We don't count them. <laughs> we don't count them. Yeah, they're not real.
1: So uh, let's backtrack in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, You know, I'm assuming most of us all came from like enjoying video games and sort of evolved into the streaming community. But what, what kind of got you not even started with streaming, but what, what caught your eye and got you interested in watching other streamers and sort of built you up to getting into streaming?
0: Yeah. I actually had like no, like, like I'd heard about Twitch and stuff and like, and like I kind of knew that was the main platform and like I'd heard of like Ninja and like all of those like huge streamers. So like I kind of see them in passing. Um, and then my girlfriend started streaming. Well, she was my girlfriend at the time. She, she was just a friend. Um, she started streaming and uh, like, and she was like, Hey, like come to my stream. And I, I like came to one stream. I was like, Oh, this is fun. Like I get to talk to other people. I get to watch her play video games. And like, it was, it was a good time. So then like I started coming like every stream and then I like met her community and like I started going to their streams and like I became a mod in everybody's chats and, um, and eventually, I—I I don't know. I just kind of—I was like, I could do this, like I—I I could do this. Um, and so my—so she she bought my girlfriend. She bought me a PS4, uh, because it's a little bit easier to stream off of a PS4. Um, and then I bought a camera. I got like a monitor and a mic. Uh, and yeah, I just started started going for it. So how long ago was that? That was in June of. 2019 so so like a year and a half ago now
1: okay yeah nice so that's yeah i mean in let's call that a year and a half i guess more or less yeah. um mm-hmm. that's incredible growth my friend to it's, reach it's like the level you've hit crazy.
0: yeah that's it's definitely been especially in the last like eight months i think has like that's that's when like most of it's happened because like the first first like six to eight months basically uh, it was, it was just mostly me just streaming to like the, the, that same community that i had built up with her. And I kind of didn't have more of a direction than that. Um, so I was just like tweeting and I was streaming and that was like, that was my whole community building. Um, and so like, I really didn't have like a good direction for those first couple months. So like a lot of like my growth and like the things I've accomplished have come like in the last like eight months.
1: Well, and I mean, that's, that's way more impressive even then, um, <laughs> I know, uh, you know, it's it's weird that for me probably not for you, but I, I'm a lot older than mm. a lot of the people that I interact with in the community regularly. Yeah. And so That's it's fair. it always feels weird saying I look up to someone that I'm like eight to 10 years older than. But it's yeah. like um, I don't I don't I've had three Twitter accounts now, so I don't rem- mm. know if you remember, but I've been following you since like April. Uh, Sergeant okay. Pepe was my first account. And like it instantly, <laughs> nice. like you were someone that I totally like just lash onto. I was like, I really look up to this guy. And then I, I found out how old you were. And I was like, I feel Mm. weird looking up to someone like so much younger than me, but it's, (laughs) you're so professional. You carry yourself so well. And the, The genuine interactions with your community, I think, more than anything, are what really drew me in and made me say, "Like this is something I need to focus more on. I need to be more genuine with the people I interact with. I need to try harder to reply to the people that talk to me on Twitter." And I know for you, it's got to get out of hand, and it's it's not easy to reply to everyone. But that's it's something (laughs) I really respect about you so much. And I've seen since your big growth this spring, like I've seen you really Mm. try to keep up with that. And like, kudos, dude! Like, wait, you do such a good job. (laughs) I, I try,
0: I try my best. It's, uh, it's definitely, um, kind of, kind of going back to what you said before, like, um, but b- before I like move on, uh, like, like it, that, that's kind of something that's really unique about like content creation is like, it doesn't really matter how old you are. Like, like, like you can, like, like I, I could be looking up to somebody like way younger than me. And like, you're like, like you, you said, you like look up to me and like, that's that I, I feel like that's like super unique. Cause like in any other, space like that that's kind of like rare like it's that's very a very unique like dynamic i guess cuz like usually like the older person like it always like takes seniority and like kind of takes on like like that that lead like the kind of like um like that role of like somebody that's like looked up to it. and i i don't know I, I i don't know that that just seems really like that's interesting for me to like see cuz like i i definitely agree i see that all the time and like i look up to people that are younger than me. Cause they're like wildly successful. And like, they have something that like is, is special. Um, but yeah. And like going I, and moving back into, uh, like, like keeping up with messages. Um, that is, it's definitely, um, a challenge for sure. And I feel so bad. I feel so bad. And like some people like, like they seriously like get upset at me. And like, i that's oh. probably the biggest like mental health challenge that I have to hurdle. Cause like, They're like, oh, like you have an ego now or like like like, oh, you've been egoing me (laughs) like because you won't respond to my messages. And like like I literally like feel like I have to send them like what my messages look like for them to be like, oh, like, okay, you're right. (laughs) I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to either because it's yeah definitely
1: that's that's a bummer though like i feel like you should never have to show someone like hey i'm literally so busy like that's why yeah
0: i it's unfortunate but i mean you you can just see
1: your interactions and you can tell how busy you are it doesn't take a lot of rocket science you know
0: (laughs) i mean some yeah i don't know some people like they they think the world revolves around them and like that's you know that's that's what they're about but but yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, definitely, definitely that's like the biggest hurdle and like the biggest like I don't know like the biggest like downer about stuff is that like people get like angry with you for like just trying to like manage everything um and like and like looking farther down the road like I'm kind of worried uh like what how I'm gonna be like have to handle that because like I I don't know I've always um the reason that like I struggle with it is because like I've always my my goal as a creator is to always like make connections as much as possible and like make everybody feel welcome and like do my best to like make everybody feel seen. Cause like, that's the way I've always wanted to feel. So like, I, kind of want to put that back out. Um, but like the bigger, like the more people that are like attracted to that, like the harder it is to like accomplish it. So it's, uh, it's definitely, um, like kind of a transition piece that I have to like figure out how to do.
1: That's so I, I was going to ask you this a little later, but I think this is a really good opportunity given mm-hmm. that that can cause so much anxiety uh, for anybody, yeah. you know, especially like even if you don't deal with anxiety or depression. Um, How do you set yourself up or how do you what do you do to make sure your mental health is in a good spot when you do get into yeah. those situations where you have 50 some DMS and you don't even really know where to start?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely like have to be good about taking a step back and like being honest with myself. I'm like, OK, like I'm. I'm starting to feel like tired uh, and like, I just, I just can't respond. Like, and, and sometimes I don't get back to them. And sometimes I do like, depending on how important their message is, if they're like, Hey, can I join pride? I probably won't respond to them unless like, unless I have like a free moment. Um, but like, if, if it's somebody like, like you, like we're trying to set up like a meeting and we're trying to like, ac- like accomplish something, something together, or it's somebody that like I've connected really well with and like, I just appreciate them. Uh, and they're not just trying to like use me for, for something, uh, I'm definitely much more likely to respond, but yeah, I I don't know. I just really have to be honest with myself and like take a step back and I'm, I'm on I'm not the best at it. Like I, uh, I, I'd like burn myself out like daily, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, it's, it's just all about being honest with yourself and like what, what you can manage.
1: Yeah, and it, you know, I think in the streamer community, we see so much, um, especially with, I guess, with grinders, maybe. Um, yeah. You go so hard for something for so long that, like, by the time you hit that goal and get what you ach- wanted and you achieve success, then you're yeah. like all burned out and have to take a break. And <laughs> yeah, it, it can 100%. really set you back. And luckily, like, I haven't really hit that pitfall yet, but I, I've seen mm-hmm. it happen with way too many people. And I feel terrible because you can just watch them burning out slowly, yeah. but y- you maybe not, you might not be the best of friends. It's, I struggle to reach out to people that I feel like I'm in that middle ground with like, we know each mm. other. We're on a level where we don't think we're using each other, but we're not, might not be like really good friends yet. Yeah. And it's like, you can kind of just see the train wreck about to happen. And it's like, I always feel so bad. Cause I don't, yeah. I personally don't know what to do to help others try to like get past that. Cause it's, you know, you feel bad. It's I've, tough. I've seen so many people just completely fall out of the scene that I was really big fans of.
0: Yeah. Just, like, just because the, like they were, they were trying so hard to reach a goal and like, they didn't, take time for themselves. And like, by the time they got there, they're like, they, they couldn't um, like manage it anymore. And then, so like, they, like they, they got to their goal, but like, like at what cost, you know? And I don't know. And, and something that like, I've kind of learned is like, like if you see those people, like you can't save everybody. And that's, that's kind of like tough. Cause it's like, you want to like, you see people like, like struggling and going through stuff. But at the same time, like if, like if you're doing like that at the cost of yourself, like what, what's the point you know um and it's it's just really tough to like find that balance
1: yeah and i think that's something we're all striving to and it would be so great if someone could just come out with a roadmap and be like hey (laughs) if you're at this many followers and this many viewers this is how you stay sane (laughs) it would be great because i think we all struggle with that a little bit
0: Mm -hmm.
1: speaking struggles um in the early going, or maybe even now, what are some roadblocks or um, hurdles that you've hit that you maybe struggled with a little more or thought you were never mm-hmm. going to get over, and what did you do to actually, like, get past that roadblock?
0: Um, Honestly, time management has always been, like, the bane of my existence, because, like, I have a girlfriend. Like, we live together. I have two dogs. Um, so, like, making sure that, like, I spend enough time with with them um making sure that i'm i'm doing enough on stream to like still continue to be successful and like doing work so like time management has always been something that is very like hard for me because like i i want to do so much but like i i can't and like i overextend myself um and kind of what i do to combat that is like i definitely have to listen to my girlfriend i i Honestly, I like I don't do it as much as I should. But like she she definitely helps rein me in because like she can see like stuff that I can't. So she's like, okay, like, hey, I see you're like you're overextending yourself a little bit or like you're not like you're not spending enough time with me, which which is fair. Um, And like I definitely have to like listen to the people outside of me that can that can kind of like see what's going on when I when even I can. That's kind of that's kind of the biggest solution that I found so far. Um, But I'm sure there's something better out there. Seven. <laughs> That's huge. Up,
1: you you hit on a really big one. I think communication is huge. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I had to sit down with Alyssa and I just had to be like, look, our schedules are kind of in flux a lot. Um yeah. what days can we set that I can focus on this stuff and then we what days can we like focus on family stuff? And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, I, I basically just kind of tried to build my schedule more around what she needed when we get home from work, things like that. And then obviously like with a kid, my situation is a little different, but Mm -hmm. you hit on a really big one and it's, it's listening to the people around you. And if you're lucky to have a good communication set that you guys can just get it right out in the open, I think that's best but sometimes yes, you just have exactly. to take like the cues from the people around you. They might not be yeah. able to tell you flat out, "Hey, you're not spending enough time with me. Hey, you're not paying enough time to the chores around the house." They yeah. might just be like, "Oh, this house is a mess." Like you just got to be ready to pick up on that, you know? Exactly. It's, it's hard.
0: Exactly. It's just like being good at listening and also being good at like like asking like, "Hey, like what can I mm-hmm. be doing better?" Like like do I need to be doing this less or this more? Um when I when I first started streaming was when my girlfriend first moved here or we moved in together um and that was like a really big like clashing point cuz she streams and stuff too uh so she definitely like understands but like that was like when i was like i was putting like 8 hours a day or like night at that point into streaming and like cuz i didn't understand that like less is more sometimes yep <laughs> and like i i was just i was like i was just like pounding as much time as i could into streaming and like she had just moved here and like she was like why'd I move here? Like, you know? Um, so it, it's, de- it was definitely at first was like a huge, like struggle. And like, I had, I had a tough time, like communicating. Like I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't willing to listen as much as I am now. Uh, because I was like, like, like I have this new person here, like, and I have to, I have to manage my time around you like what? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely come a long way in that sense.
1: That's. And I think to being honest with yourself, it, it can be so hard to see those interactions on Twitter or see that your chat is blowing up or that you're, you know, mm-hmm. suddenly you went from 10 to 20 concurrent viewers regularly. Like, yeah. I think we all can get a little ego from that from time to time. No, you know, if you're going to be honest, like, it, it feels yeah. good. It feels good. Yeah. It, but be, it like, being being honest nice. with yourself and saying like, I I am not doing as well in this area or I need to limit this so I can focus on this. I, I don't think a lot of people, especially early on, realize that the eight to 10 hour stream every single day is not the grind to success that they think it's going to be.
2: Like, yeah, less exactly. is definitely
1: more. And it, and like it, but it feels right. You know, it's like, it's like, okay, like if, if, if I
0: put more time into something uh, like, like more people will come watch, you know, yeah. and like that, that's, that like that's how it is for like most things, but like content creation is like this unique like beast that is like takes um, like a lot more like insight and thought than than like most other like career paths. I'm not sorry, I don't know why I did that. It's, it's definitely <laughs> it's a valid career path, but like like for me right now, it's it's not a like a career path. It's it it has to be. It's like a forced hobby. Yep. That, I mean, that's how yeah. I took
1: it when you did the air quotes, because yeah. I did that a lot, too. Like, I
0: I, I just didn't want to offend somebody. Yeah, you know, exactly. Just, just in, case, in case you're like, but I'm a full time. <laughs>
1: yes. And that's great. And I'm really happy for you. It's yeah. just like I'm being honest with myself. Like, I don't yeah. think that's a realistic goal, especially with the yeah. day job that I have. It's it's a good exactly. place. I don't want to give that up. Yeah. No, I hit like, yeah. you know. Doctor levels, then like maybe yeah. you know you get me on that yeah, ninja like, level and like he'd... sure like this is exactly. my day job yeah, now
0: <laughs> yeah I'm out, I'm out yeah 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 I'm, I'm a full, full time, time streamer fighting. yes <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy like how like financial like obviously like it, it feels like really vain to like worry about the financials of streaming but it, it's it's so crazy how like how like like how the, how big like the financial gap is like b- like how quickly like you can move into that like next tier. Cause like, like some people like have a, have a tough time hitting payout. And then, and then there's like, like a little, like a little overhead from that. But then I feel like once you get to gaining traction, like it can move up like very, very quickly. And like, it's crazy. Like seeing all of these, it's, it's like the gold rush, you know, it's, you see all these like huge creators and they're like easily making more than like, I, I, I've made in the past four years of, of working. Uh, and it's like, it's like, Oh shoot. Like it's, it's a huge draw
1: yeah it's it really is, and I think like for me the like even just considering like, oh wow, what if mm. I ever got to that level yeah. uh, immediately I start to think about like, oh, but what do they do about insurance and like what if they exactly. like couldn't stream for a month and like income just fell off or like what exactly. if their man's sponsor goes out of business like there has to be this like low level laying of anxiety with that, mm-hmm. no matter how yeah, always good you are, and that freaks always. me out,
0: yeah and it's and it's like yeah like yeah something crazy happened or like you just yeah you got sick for a month and like half your community left and half your income left along with it it's like like it gives yeah it gives like it's crazy how like dependent um you become on like your community to to support you which is like that which like you basically put your life in the hands of others
1: yeah you really do and it's just talking about it i'm getting just a little bit like that prickly on the back of my neck anxiety but it's you know it's something i don't know there's very few jobs or careers or even hobbies i guess where you're like constantly really really worried about what everyone else thinks of you you know when i was 16 and video games were my hobby i didn't care what anyone in the lobby thought of me like i was just there to play games Mm -hmm. and it's like a completely different story now
0: exactly especially like with like like Cancel culture and stuff like, like, especially like even if you're in a like just a random like Call of Duty lobby or something like, and you say something crazy, uh, like people can find you really quickly and like you. So like you definitely have to be aware of like who who you are like all the time. Yeah, which I I, I mean is good, but also like still,
1: it is. I I mean, I guess it kind of depends on how you use that ability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think it can make you a better, well-rounded person and like a yeah. more giving and more communal person if you're aware mm-hmm. of what you're saying and what you're doing, but it yeah. also could just give people like a mask and they could still just be a shitty person. I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: It's definitely interesting. Like you can always like tell to like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I have really good, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I, I get a good aura off of people. Usually like if somebody's being like super fake, I'm like, okay, like, I can tell but yeah. or if like they're super genuine, like I can, I can tell that too.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's like, I guess I have like years in customer service or what it is, but I've, yeah. I have a really good, even on social media, like I can usually tell pretty quick, like this person just has an agenda, which like fine, whatever. Use me yeah. if you need to. It's like, there, I don't have much to offer. So it's, for me, it's not that big of a deal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. So, looking at um because you are an org owner because you are a streamer mm. for synergy like one of the mm. biggest i always call it a tier two org and i like offended some yeah. people when i say that but i guess like i i mean that as a compliment i mean that as like that is the yeah. tip toppest tier that isn't phase basically
0: yeah it's it's definitely like up there with like the like the obey like that yeah. is, it's not necessarily like a full-on like organization yet but like like it's definitely like it's operating similar very similar to one
1: yeah, absolutely. I put, like, Synergy and Obey and, like, mm-hmm. maybe um, Oxygen Supremacy before they went out. Like, I put them, like, at another level above, like, most mm-hmm. of the other, you know, like, Twitter orgs, quote-unquote, as some people call them. Yeah. But that's, like, respect, dude. Backtracking, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you and I are so good at doing this. Like, we just call off on tangents. That's right. Um, but, like, you have such a unique perspective having worked hard and achieved becoming a member of Synergy you Mm -hmm. have achieved so much becoming a owner of pride Mm -hmm. and everything you did within pride just as a member was very Mm respectful. What are some tips as someone that has that unique perspective as owner and creator that you could give to some beginners um, that are like really big things that they should just avoid the, the things that we like we just talked about earlier, the eight hour stream, the things we all did at the beginning that we thought would help. What are some things that maybe they could just skip right past that would Help them hit the ground running faster.
0: Yeah, I I think I think honestly, it just like being very like I I know like it's really cool to be on teams, um and like I I don't know I feel kind of hypocritical but like <laughs> honestly like don't like chase like organizations because like a mistake a lot of like small streamers make like including myself sometimes like is they prioritize the teams brand before themselves because they're like okay like the team in turn will. Uh, give me that growth back and it doesn't always work that way like like even even like ones that are super like good and like supportive and stuff like you don't always necessarily get that uh, like brand promotion back Um, so like definitely especially if like you're grinding for an organization you're not a part of it yet like I don't know I I would find a team that is okay with you prioritizing yourself because like if a team is asking you to prioritize your or their brand over your own, like that, that is very fishy. Like I would never ask anybody uh, that's like grinding for pride to like prioritize like our brand over their own. Cause I want to see them be successful uh, because the more successful they are, the more likely they are to get into pride and stuff. Um, So definitely like focus on your own brand and focus on improving yourself. And then, uh, and then look to join teams. Um, Cause like I, so I personally, so I grinded for North. That was like the first, like really, prominent organization that I joined and I, I grinded for like two weeks. Um, and then I got in cause I, I very quickly, like I, when, when I first started grinding, uh, I definitely was not like up to, up to standards. Like I had, I had some good energy, I had some like good aspects. Um, but I wasn't there and I, I kind of like found somebody that was willing to help and they kind of gave me some insight and I made those changes and like, I got picked up like instantly cause like I, I focused really well on myself. Um, and then they, they were like, Hey, like we, we like you. Uh, and it was the same thing for synergy. Like I, I did the RC, um, that they had the recruitment challenge. If for those of you who don't know, um, and like, I, I ended up, like I started grinding right before that and I ended up winning that. Um, so it's, it's really all about like personal development, like no matter how f- like far up the ladder you, you make it. Um, so like focus on yourself, honestly, like, like teams are really cool. Um, but find ones that are okay. Like with, with you. Being yourself in like don't don't change yourself for for anybody I, unless it's like a good thing
1: <laughs> unless it's a
0: good thing um then definitely change yourself for everybody,
1: yeah that's, uh, I'm glad yeah. you touched on that though because I've seen so many people in this community that I care about and I love their content, but yeah, they start grinding for an org and their entire content becomes about that org, yes and then yeah. they you know maybe it doesn't work out, maybe it just turned out to be not the org they were looking yeah. for whatever. Now they have all this content that they either have to delete or it just awkwardly sits there because exactly. it's branded with that org. Exactly. It's, and like, it's, it's and never like set where you are, what are you, with you left with?
0: Yeah. And like, yeah. And like what do you what are you left with? Cause like most of the time when I so when I left North, like a lot of the community that like I had, like like the the time when I was in North, like that was like some of my best like stream statistics. Uh was during was during the, that time and like I, I left and like instantly it just like dropped. And I was like, dang, like that's terrible. That sucks. Like I never want to feel like that again. Um, So I, I made, I made sure to like when I was grinding for synergy, like I, I definitely like expressed that I was interested, but I was all about like still building my own community and making like genuine connections with people and not just trying to build off of synergy's growth. Cause like being a part of the team is amazing. Like I'm surrounded with a bunch of creator by a bunch of like creators that are super, super talented. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. like the best thing about being, in synergy and pride. Um but like I have always like like I don't rely on them to build my community for me. You know, I have built it for myself and like what whatever they add to the equation is just like is just like the cherry on top. But like I, I I do it all for myself um and and they just like bring the extra, you know? And that's that's how I feel like it should be. Um you might just dis- like some people might disagree uh but like that I feel like that leaves you like, no matter what happens, like if the org ends or like if, if they end up like like you end up parting ways like you're, you're still you still have yourself, you know, and like you, you won't lose your community after that because you're still you.
1: Yeah, that's the biggest thing. And I think that's why, like, at least personally, I've always been reluctant to do a lot of collaborations because um, mm-hmm. I, d- I don't want that short term community. Uh, yeah. I don't, I, it hurts when you lose a community member, Yeah, like, you know, even absolutely. losing one person that you knew was there a lot and all of a sudden they're not, that hurts. So to lose yeah. like a whole chunk when you leave a team or anything like yeah. that, like I'm not a big fan of it. Honestly, it's, it's mm. I, I think that's really, really good advice. Uh, work on yourself, yeah. build up that brand so that no matter where you go, that group of people is going to come with you and just keep growing.
0: Yeah. Cause like as a small streamer, you want to do everything you can to, to grow in like a team. Is it looks like like it's like it looks like a quick track to like getting, you know, getting like like better viewers and stuff. But like the the thing you have to remember is like the people that are in that team like have already like accomplished like getting in that team. You know, they're already at where you want to be at. So like the, obviously they're gonna have better numbers and stuff. But like that doesn't necessarily means it comes from just being in the team. So yeah, definitely focusing on yourself and and being being you and not not like you with the team on top of you all
1: right cool yeah no thank you so much you're officially the first guest i appreciate it so much man from the bottom of my heart thank you so much for coming on we're definitely gonna have you back on again
0: absolutely i'd love to i'd love to come back in a little bit
1: all right cool everybody check out five on the socials that have been scrolling the whole time make sure you follow him on twitch watch his streams they're lit thank you buddy you have an awesome day
0: i have a good one dude thank you
1: the spawn point is powered by artesian builds visit them online for your next streaming gaming or editing pc and then watch them build it live on stream check out the link in the episode description and use code nick at checkout for additional savings now let's get back to the show all right. Welcome back, guys. We are joined now by social media guy, Lord Degavor Darius. You know him by a ton of names. The social media guy for Respawn. Hella knowledge on Star Wars. Thank you so much for coming on the show, bro. How's it going?
2: hey how you doing it's so good to see you thank you so much for inviting me i'm so excited about this fam i've been literally waiting all week
1: (laughs) yeah i know me too as as soon as i watched that episode i was like i have so much to ask him now um (laughs) before we jump to the star wars stuff just really quick you know obviously our biggest connection is uh respawn i I was respawn recruits you were the social media guy that everybody knows and loves Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. how did you how did you find the company in the first place yeah, so uh,
2: so if uh, those of you that don't know me, I actually have a lot of esports background. I was a competitive player. I was a host. I was a social media guy for a lot of organizations. And when I was looking for an actual job, a paying job, which is kind of hard to come by in the esports domain, um, I looked on Hitmarker Jobs. And Hitmarker Jobs is a very good foundry of just looking for things for esports, any, any type of stuff to do with esports or gaming in general. Yeah. And I, I found Respawn products, uh, so I hooked them up. With my cover letter, resume, and it was kind of like it was just—I I don't want to say it was meant to be because there was some competition uh, to get that. But uh, as soon as uh, Alex, the marketing manager, Alex, the big guy, big boss, uh, as soon as uh, we got an interview, I think that it was pretty much uh, in the work. So
1: <laughs> yeah, Alex is Alex is great, and you right from the rip, you seemed like a really good fit with everybody. So it's like it was a good job. I love Hitmarker. I, like I'm not even looking for a job, and I scroll through yeah. Hitmarker constantly. There's so many good jobs on there. It's insane. I I, I feel really sad because I feel
2: like as good as Hitmarker is, it's still not known enough. And there's so Mm -hmm. many kids, especially in this day, you know, I'm 30 and uh, there's so many kids coming out of high school, so many kids coming out of college and they're looking for that. I want to be working with gaming. I want to be working with esports, and Hitmarker is that place. Even if you're not looking for a paying job, you want some type of experience, you could probably nail an intern job. And that Hitmarker is that place.
1: Yeah, it's the and I like how they rank the jobs. You know, you they they oh, yeah. straight up tell you they're like, this is super entry level. This is if you've had yeah. this much experience. So you can kind of filter out the stuff that you're like, okay, I don't qualify for that at all. Absolutely,
2: yeah, completely. It's it's a great site.
1: So it's I, I guess for me with respawn, it's been about six months. Probably about the same for you.
2: Um. So so respawn, I've actually been working. Oh man, I want to say it's 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 going to be two years soon. I think. Uh, wow, really. Of- yeah, yeah. In uh, in April of next year, it's going to be two years, oh, which wow. is crazy. Because yeah, with with all the other organizations that I work with uh, in in the domain of esports, I literally have only been there for maybe a year tops. A lot of the stuff, a lot of the organizations dissolved, so they ran out of money. Uh you know, just things happen. But Respawn has been that one career choice where I was so excited and it's just been working and working, you know?
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Cause I know that we, we, they did like a big reveal, like Alex was stepping aside and you were taking on like a bigger role. So like honestly, I thought that's when you got hired. <laughs> that's so cool that you've been around <laughs> for so long. Um so you yeah, have yeah. a lot better experience then. What uh this huge growth this last year, this last 12, mm-hmm. 16 months, what has that been like on the inside? It's a beautiful thing,
2: honestly, because if you look, I mean, if you've been following Respawn products for at least two years, at least the time that I've been around, um, I want to say you're so familiar with brands like, you know, DX Racer, Vertigear, you know, you got Steel Series, uh, you got Corsair, you got all these... Uh, pretty big entities that are inside the domain of eSports that are inside just these organizations and in, in gaming and things like that. Uh, but I feel like a lot of them, not SteelSeries because SteelSeries is awesome. I love that social media guy. Uh, but there's a lot of them that are robotic, you know, yeah. that, are, that are very like uh, corporate heavy. And I feel like that's a huge disadvantage uh, for a lot of those companies. And when it comes to Respawn products, I think one of the reasons why we've grown – Because Alex has been just so amazing with partnerships, he he really has. I I personally feel like he's the best in the business at understanding what works and what doesn't. And that's from like a voice of social media. That's from a voice of like uh, esports and teams and things like that. Uh, Growing partners, uh, all these beautiful things. Because social media is complex. uh, Because you you have to adapt what is happening now, and then you have the ability of foresight where you need to understand what's changing what's going to be good in a year, you know, what's not going to be good. And, and I feel like that's ultimately the greatest thing that we have because, um, we just brought on James, our partnership manager, yep. you know, great guy. Uh, yeah. Really awesome. Very, uh, very intellectual. Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> I'm so happy he's on the team because now Alex's job is much easier. Yeah. My job is much easier. And I, I feel like it's just another layer, another depth of, uh, I mean, of our, uh, success, because we're all going to be, we're all like kind of, you know, on the same page here, we're all working together. Our chemistry is really, really good. And I feel like come 2021, we've done so much in these past two years. I think it's going to be even better, (laughs) you know, I straight up, I think it's going to be so much better. Hopefully, you know, with COVID and everything that goes around, it'll be a little bit more controlled because, uh, you know, we want events. We want to go to eSports stuff. We want to go Mm -hmm. around and and meet people, meet our partners. That wasn't uh, obviously that wasn't able to happen because of what happened with the pandemic. Uh, But hopefully 2021, Cross our fingers, things work, and I think it's going to be even better year for 2021.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. The trajectory of this company is it's just insane, and you know it's it's something uh, that's been in like just random Facebook ads and on my Instagram for probably yeah. two years, at least a year yeah. in my memory mm-hmm. now because I've had my. Oh, this my one ten I've had for almost a year. So yeah, you know, and it, and it was literally the social you, I guess it was the social person <laughs> and the Probably. ads that totally sold me on it. And it's you never get that feel with a lot of other companies. I don't even want to single out chair companies. There's so many peripheral companies out there that they just don't feel like there's a human on the other side. You don't get any no. natural reactions. No. And I'm no. I'm just always drawn to the companies that I can get that from. I guess you know.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I, it's it's I, it's not just you know like gaming companies. I feel like yep. it's it's just corporate companies. They're just always like that. Um, I, Wendy's does a really good job because they're, they're like controller fake. I mean, I can tell you all these partners that I interact with every single day that aren't afraid to go out there and just literally reply. And, you know, you see it every single day. You know, I'm replying to people who follow us, people who don't follow us, you know, entities, partners, big, small, doesn't matter. And that's on all faces, Instagram, TikTok. And I just really feel like so many other companies, if they just kind of, detached from their corporate vibe and allowed someone who kind of understood you know kind of like Alex does kind of like I do and then interact with their following just a Mm -hmm. bit more to give a voice or a face I think a lot more companies would be largely successful
1: yeah and it's it's one of those things where like I don't think I've ever worried about and I'm sure Alex probably doesn't too like you guys crossing some sort of imaginary line and like advertising in a way that's bad your interactions are so natural but they're all they're also (laughs) like they're keeping that corporate whitewash so to speak i I know that's not the right term for it but you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah, you're not in trouble of doing anything bad and that's great right right. but the way you guys yeah the way you guys do strategize um and i know it's a team effort staying on top of it Mm -hmm. but When something pops off really good, obviously, you know, write that one down. That was a great strategy. But like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. sometimes you're just going to strike out. You're going to get that tweet that only gets (laughs) like 20 likes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What happens when you guys do that? Like, how do you bounce back from that?
2: Uh, So in the beginning, about two years ago, when I first started, uh, we we didn't really have a following. I think we were below 5000 followers on Twitter. Um, You know, Instagram, all that stuff kind of built its way from our Twitter uh august last year that's when we hit 10k you know and we're almost at 50k followers mm-hmm. this year so that's a that's huge growth but there are things that i really like to do in interaction was the main thing uh and we couldn't do that back then i mean i would tweet stuff out i have all these really good ideas i'd make uh gifts and, and all these stuff and i you know i'll tweet something out and it would just be like six like seven likes like, you know that's 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 a terrible thing for a company you know who's trying to get up and, and make their way, you know, with their products and everything. Um, but as time goes on, you know, we had Respawn Recruits which was a huge success for th- this year. And I can't wait for next year. But then you have partners. And I, and I feel like the biggest thing, the most important thing, you can have all the money in the world, you can have all these great ideas. But if no one is seeing your content, if no one is out there to interact with, then it doesn't matter. You know, you ultimately have no followers, you have no community, and I think that's the biggest thing that we have is we do have a community. You know, we have Discord members of almost 4,000 right now. And that just took a while to build with our partnerships, our interaction, you know, our little contests, giveaways, things like that. And ultimately, the the at the end of the day, you know, that big source, that uh, thing that was branching off was the social media, the Twitter kind of going on and interacting, replying to people like you just to make them feel like they have somebody. Um, and I think that's the most beautiful thing because... Two years ago, <laughs> we couldn't do that. We couldn't, we couldn't really do that into a little bit of last year as well. But it's been just slowly just organic and growing. And every single year, every single thing that goes on, it's it's just going to get better and better.
1: Yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing to see. I kudos to all you guys. You're doing a wonderful job. Please keep it up mm. because I I like this partnership a lot. It's my favorite one. I don't want to lose it. <laughs> yeah, same. I mean, every single day I
2: wake up and uh, you know it's it's a job, but it doesn't feel like a job because it's it's super fun. And there are some days that are like really stressful. You know, uh, you know, last I think it was like two weeks two ago weeks ago. Yeah. I deal with the codes, and that was not a fun day to be a social media guy. <laughs> you no. know, that was not a fun day to be Alex. Uh, but you just take those, you know, you take that, you know, it's kind of like what Rocky said, you know, it's not about how hard you can hit, it's about, you know, how much you could get hit and keep going. And I feel like that's a really big thing when it comes to social media, you know, like, hey, guys, you know, we messed up, but at the end of the day, we're going to do what we can to help you out, you know, still be real, be transparent, and, you know, make some really good heckin' chairs and desks, bro, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that, and I think that ultimately uh, is, is, I don't know, I think that's the best thing, because at the end of the day, if we didn't have good products, ain't nobody would be listening to my tweets, fam. <laughs>
1: No, no that's and I, I think that is the best foundation is that you have these really great products that sure people yeah. might buy in because of the personality but they aren't getting mad at the product on the back end they're just yeah yeah s- totally yeah. satisfied across the board yeah yeah it's it's great it is um all right so the real reason i brought you here the yeah. i just needed somebody <laughs> to talk to about this so bad uh mandalorian it's yeah.
2: yeah. such
1: a great show Mandalorian lore in general, Boba Fett, Jango Fett, all that. Mm-hmm. One of my, you know, Boba Fett, I think is everybody's favorite character from Return of the Jedi, <laughs> like from the originals. Yeah. He's just up the best. there. Yeah. Um, but season two, you know, coming in, we knew Ahsoka Tano was going to be there. We knew there was going to be some tie-ins from the cartoons, obviously. Um, right. So it's like just excited from day one. I already knew what episode she was going to hit. It's kind of like you knew it was coming. You just had to get there. But I think the show did such a wonderful job of, still creating great, engaging episodes that told a bigger story, yes. even though we all knew where they were going. We all knew mm-hmm. what we were going towards. And oh man, that reveal I I, I had worries about Rosario Dawson, not as an actress. It's just mm-hmm. you have this voice that you know is Ahsoka. It's it's there. And all of a sudden it's yes. not she killed it, at least for me. I think she did just a phenomenal job. She looked the part, she sounded the part, her personality was great, and I don't know if she was doing the action sequences, but even, like, the movements, they did such a good job, and I know that comes from Mm -hmm. Dave Filoni directing the episode, like, that's his character, that's his (laughs) name. Yeah, you know the guy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) but, oh, man, they, like, I don't know, what did you think about Ahsoka? Like, what were your feelings?
2: Um, so, uh, back when I used to do my personal podcast of talking to nobody, which was just me talking about Star Wars, um, I'd there are a long time. I think it was during the summer. Uh, you had all of these leaks that came out. You know, Boba Fett, Boss, Ahsoka Tano, Sabine Wren. Uh, you know, so many agents. So many like film people are talking about all these iconic characters, essentially, who are maybe not in the original trilogy or the prequels, but they're in Star Wars: Clone Wars, they're in Star Wars Rebels, these animated versions of Star Wars that we love so much, and and they're big characters, characters that have had arcs with Ahsoka, with Obi Wan Kenobi, Anakin. That are connected to the uh, story, you know, of Clone Wars, and essentially that goes on and connects and webs on to the original trilogy. And I had no, I I didn't think it was because I didn't think it was going to happen. Because you look at the Mandalorian, the first season, and what does the Mandalorian do so well? It's its own thing. It's original. It's yep. in a timeline after Return of the Jedi, before the fourth, uh, the Force Awakens, and that isn't really a timeline. Even with the expanded universe, the new expanded universe, that isn't really. Talked about. There's, I mean, you have Luke Skywalker, you have uh, the rise of Kylo Ren comics, you have the aftermath books, and then you have like the Bode Tamarin comics and a couple other things. But right after Return of the Jedi and, and and everything else, you have no idea what the New Republic really is. And you see the Mandalorian, you see Din Djarin, and we, and we love that character. So after the entire first season, no, I had no idea that Ahsoka Tano was going to be in here. I thought they were going to just keep it for its own thing. You have characters like, you know, Fennec Shan, you know, uh, IG-11, you know, Kuil, Cara Dune, original, completely new, never before seen, you know? And I was like, okay, so that's what they'll do. They'll just keep making original characters. But this season, you know, (laughs) who's Bo-Katan? Who's Ahsoka Tano? Boba Fett's coming back, you know? And Ahsoka Tano, I felt like, live action i thought she was perfect yeah. I, I, like it's it's hard because i'm a batman fan and and you know who's one of the greatest villains if not the greatest villain in in like comic book history is the joker yep. uh mark hamill yep. plays uh, voice actors and he's always the joker so when i first saw the dark uh the dark knight and you know it was heath ledger i was like what the heck where's mark hamill you know and then there's no mark hamill and that's just something that I feel like a lot of people that watch animated uh, animated series or comic books or or, or animated movies kind of have to get used to a big actor or actress playing these characters that we've known so long the voice actress Ashley Eckenstein she's amazing in fact she's probably the ahsoka that we've known in the animated series but you need someone like Rosario to play that character and she did phenomenal there's a couple of minor issues that I had like you know her mentrals were not really as good as I thought they would be but that's me talking as a nerd you're know, like oh well they could they could have done better you know <laughs> so uh, but I thought it was perfect even some parts of that episode she almost sounded like Ashley like yeah. a couple times and and
1: I, I, I job well done you know let me see more let's go that that was my biggest thing is like we have this mm-hmm. almost like box episode and she's gone yeah yeah, we really yeah. don't know when yeah, we're gonna see it yeah. again. No, no idea. <laughs> oh, that's that's what gets me. But uh, to what, speak on what you touched on right away is, um, yeah, the, the period right after the fall uh-huh. of the, at the Battle of Endor. Like we, right. there really isn't anything. If you read mm-hmm. the books um, from the early '90s, uh, you know, the, mm-hmm. well, there's three of Air them. Of the right? yep.
2: yeah. Yeah, Air to the um, Empire. Yeah,
1: yeah. You get a little bit of an idea, but it. it they're they're retconning a lot of that stuff now, which I love. Like they're bringing it back yeah, after yeah, yeah. saying that it isn't part of the yeah. story, but it's right. It's interesting to see them really expand outside of just that small. Because in the books, if you've read them, which I know you have, but like if the audience has, um, it's still very focused, like on the Skywalker clan. You're still, oh yeah, you're still hanging out with yeah. Han, Leia. It's Chui. all Luke, Han, Leia. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you haven't branched out much. So to see like this mm-hmm. other whole end of the universe, where if you're a huge nerd, you know there's stuff happening. If you're not a huge <laughs> Star Wars nerd, it's just oh cool, a totally new story where we're not getting another Skywalker episode for once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um with with um sorry i totally lost my train of thought there just because i was so excited um grand admiral thrawn so and and, again if you read those books you know he's like the big baddie and Uh a question i've had for years now Mm -hmm. is we knew he was around after the fall of the empire we know he was around before Mm -hmm. rogue one now we can call it Mm -hmm. in the timeline Mm-hmm. What happened in yeah. between? Where did he go? And <laughs> Rebels, for those that don't know, did a really good job of showing him disappear and possibly be mm-hmm. defeated. But we mm-hmm. know he comes back. So it's yes. by bringing in um, Bo-Katan, by bringing in mm. Ahsoka Tano, I'm assuming, and mm-hmm. you touched on it, Sabine Ren's got to be there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh We're, we're going to find out where all these characters went and what happened mm-hmm. in that time frame.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a beautiful thing, too, because Thrawn is a character who I feel like a lot of Star Wars fans are not used to seeing. This is yep. not a Force-sensitive, wielding Jedi or Sith. This is a tactical, calculated, you know, mastermind genius on the battlefield. And and he's also an alien. He is a Chiss. He has blue skin, red eyes. He's not from this particular galaxy. He's from the Unknown Regions, you yeah. know, places Way where- out there. Yeah, way out there, you know, so far that literally, like, the Emperor kind of, sort of doesn't know where they are, Um, and that's one of the most compelling things about this character, Brawn. and we get in that Ahsoka Tano episode, which was even crazier, because you would think that, of course, they stay to their context of the Mandalorian, but Ahsoka and Ezra, you know, uh, and... And, excuse me, Ezra and Thrawn and, and Sabine Wren, they are all connected. This is the story of Star Wars Rebel, which is ultimately the chronological sequel to the Clone Wars animation. And if you haven't seen that, you definitely should because all of these stories, all of these characters are connected in some way. And Thrawn is a beast of a villain who is a bad guy, but not really a bad guy at the same time because he has a greater story. And he has a greater objective, which is, of course, Trying to save his race as well. And when we talk about when we talk about Thrawn, you know, there's just so much that I feel like the character brings to the table. And ultimately, I feel like aside Ahsoka, aside Revan, you know, who's the video game character from Knights of the Old Republic, Thrawn is arguably the most popular expanded universe character outside of the movies just because of his renown, like you said, from the books uh, in the early 90s, which was arguably the trilogy that resurrected Star Wars for the movies came out because there was a dead time the dark times as a lot of fans call it where there was no star wars content i mean they had the early uh comics of the uh dark empire which is when yeah. the emperor first came back you know which kind of was uh retold a little bit in the rise of skywalker uh but thrawn i feel like is also star wars and we don't know where he went you know we see at the end of star wars rebels him and ezra Uh, the new kind of sort of Jedi that they uh, took a big role in for that animated series they kind of just go off into unknown regions of space in literally into hyperspace and they are gone and it's kind of weird we see at the end of that uh episode with Ahsoka she's like where's your master where's Grand Admiral Thrawn in the Mandalorian and I wonder if that character even knows where Thrawn is because I feel like nobody knows where Thrawn is I really feel like they're not going to be back in the Mandalorian. I think they're going to get their own live action thing, or maybe this is a continuation of a
1: new animated series. Oh, and see, I didn't even think about that, but that's that's actually a really good guess. Um, yeah. I, I yeah. would love to see the Purple Space Whales. Oh, yes, yes, of course. If if they could just give me a 30-second recreation of that last (laughs) scene from Rebels, but in real life, like, oh. In
2: live action.
1: Blow the whole budget. Just blow the whole budget on it. Oh, that would be so cool. It's kind of like the dragons from Game of Thrones. Like, I just need them. I just need them. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And it's funny, too, because they're hyperspace whales. These are whale-like octopus aliens that, for some reason, they can reach hyperspeed speed. speed? Like, that's... What?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that, that scene was just amazing. But then you get into... Why I would love another spin off that focuses solely on those characters because you get like the royal families from The Mandalorian and yes. you get like yes. so cool stories that just really have yes. never been explored outside of that direct cartoon. Oh, and, yeah. And, no, and there's a whole group of characters, especially like I want to say there's a couple strong like female leads. Um, mm-hmm. that would be, like, such a good replacement for, like, Leia, since we don't have a Leia, yeah, like, with yeah, this new series, yeah. you know? Like, there's just yeah. so many good characters that I think fandom yeah. could really latch onto that they've just never gotten yeah, yeah. a chance yeah. with. I
2: mean, even Bo Katan. you know? There's so many people yeah. that have just seen her for the first time in The Mandalorian. I mean, of course... People who have watched the Clone Wars, which is the animated series, and Star Wars Rebels, they know her. They know that she is the true Mandalore, and she's the true ruler of Mandalore. She's worthy of the the Darksaber. It was taken. That's not, you know, that Darksaber is hers. And you see her, and then, of course, Ahsoka Tana, who is literally one of the most fleshed-out characters in all of Star Wars because she's had, I mean, she was supposed to be in Revenge of the Sith. She wasn't in it because they took her out of the script. And then, of course, they were brought in with George Lucas, who directed the movie for the Clone Wars animated series. And he helped David Filoni to flesh out that character even more. We get to see her now in live action and in Star Wars Rebels. Uh, there's a lot. Even Sabine Wren. Sabine Wren has such a great backstory. Yes. So much pain and suffering. Because what a lot of people don't know is, you know, their favorite character maybe Boba Fett, maybe Django Fett. But they don't know the history of Mandalore. Nope. Because there's so much history of Mandalore throughout Clone Wars in the original trilogy when they basically separated out Civil War and all these things and and I feel like yeah go on tell them you know let them know you know why not just flesh out all these characters who have been in your universe for years 20 plus years 30 plus years it's time to bring these expanded universe characters into live action because a lot of these movie only fans have no idea the
1: goodness that they're missing no and any good sci-fi fan knows that Katie Sackhoff it can, carry, yeah. can carry a series no problem yeah so just, yeah. just like, like <laughs> seriously uh, giving the the owls right yes yeah just giving the owls their own series even like as soon as they landed and you saw like the the it's... tight-knit mask i was like
2: yeah yeah i'm like, just making I saw, nerd that. noises <laughs> yeah, that's it that's it that's it. anybody that knows her knows her from that entire insignia yep. on her on her helm
1: when I think to Jean-Carlo Esposito, one of my favorite actors, plays such a good villain in just anything, you know, Breaking yes. Bad, just iconic. Yeah. I, I, I love his character in The Mandalorian, mm. but I honestly feel like he would make a better antagonist for Katie Sackhoff and like that mm. spinoff more so than The Mandalorian directly. Um, yes. Their Their beef just seems very only focused on Grogu and there's so much yes. more happening. I mean, like yeah. you said, no. like he literally has yeah. her family's sword like on his hip.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mandalorian almost is essentially a side quest to the main quest that's happening off screen.
1: Yeah, it really is. (laughs)
2: Yeah, it's sad to say that because you're just like, what are you talking about? Mandalorian's the best thing since the original trilogy. I mean, yeah, sure. okay, But at the same time, you guys are missing so much more, you know, much And with,
1: with Thrawn, too, you get opened up to so many new things, like oh. uh, the Selmari, for example, and I'm yeah. sure I'm saying that wrong, yes. but the nice Force-repelling <laughs> lizards, yeah. the coolest thing yes. ever. Um, yes. For those that don't know, basically, they find these special lizards that just live mm-hmm. in trees or chill as hell, and they yeah. create a bubble where, like, the yeah. Force just can't be manipulated.
2: Yeah, yeah it's completely nullified.
1: Yep, completely. So, Homeboy doesn't want Vader messing with him and force choking him out, so he just walks around with one on his back all the time, and it's the most badass move because it's like he didn't do anything, but he just leveled the playing field. Like now you have to, and he's like six steps ahead of you in his genius head. So it's, Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with this guy. He's like my favorite Star Wars character. Yeah,
2: no, I mean, I like who people who don't know Thrawn need to understand. Like this was a man who was so powerful in his right mind, just. On his, uh, not necessarily physically, of course, but he's a great, he's a great soldier, of course. Uh, He's not a pushover. He is a genius. You know, he is a a tactical mastermind. And this person could not only talk and kind of like have sass toward Darth Vader, but also the Emperor himself. Mm -hmm. On just his tactical mind, just just his ability to talk and and know more things than everybody else. And yeah, you talk about uh, the uh, Force sensitive nullifying lizards that literally are only alive on one planet you know on the entire universe and he goes and finds these things to yeah to get back at these force sensitive because that ultimately is the force is kind of i want to say like his bane at times because you know it's an enigma to him he does not really understand it uh but at the same time it's not like he doesn't know it because if you read the books, if you understand, he knows what, 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 actually, what it actually is. But in this universe, you know, with someone like Anakin Skywalker, someone like Darth Vader, someone like Luke Skywalker he might meet, or Ahsoka Tano, who he's familiar with. You know, I think that, yeah, maybe we can get a live uh, live action version of Isamari. You know, maybe not, uh, because we swatched Star Wars Rebels, and when you first see him in his office inside the chimera, He's got two statues of them on his mirror behind him. So I I ultimately that's a tribute to the old books. Uh, but I would love to see him. And I but I'm not, I'm really not sure if we're gonna see them, though, because George Lucas and David Filoni is working The Mandalorian. David Filoni works all of these things because he's the apprentice to George Lucas. You know, he basically got taught by him personally. And what I think George doesn't like is I don't think he likes when the force kinda has some type of anti-force you know the the nullifying your powers don't exist anymore because if you read the old empire series uh and you have heir to the empire and then you have the Ujan you know what happened with the Ujan vong well they were a race that came out from another galaxy and the jedi couldn't use their abilities against them and then you have this with the you know the uh, i always it's such a hard name to pronounce it is <laughs> the, the samari force and, and lizards also, yeah, yeah, and and the force nullifying lizards, and it's almost the same thing. Because um, imagine that I, I like it just—it just boggles my mind how a movie only—I don't want to call them casual fans because I think it's insulting—but how a movie only fan would see someone like Luke Skywalker go out and try to do his stuff and lift up Thrawn or you know force lightning him or something, and then nothing happened because he's got this little furry lizard on his shoulder, you know. So, uh, so I feel like it's. It's, it's, it's one of the, it's like a baby Yoda, you know, you don't know. It could be really good or it could be really bad. So I wonder what's going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, and speaking of, uh, baby Yoda, it's, I feel weird calling him Grogu still. Like I, I just kind of <laughs> like baby Yoda yeah. better and not yeah. that Grogu was a bad name. Like that was, but that, yeah. I think they did such a good job. We knew he's still a baby in their sense, but we also know he's yeah. at least 50 years old. Yeah. In the back yeah. of my head, I was like, okay, that means he lived through order 66. Yeah but never really thought about it. And then they actually, like they say straight up, someone smuggled Mm -hmm. him out of the temple before everybody got slaughtered, which cool, I guess. Um, But I love that they really spent time letting us know through Ahsoka that he actually was intelligent, like knew what was going on and there wasn't like an infant infant, like definitely had an understanding of what was going on around him, what he was doing. Mm -hmm. He just wasn't communicating it. Mm -hmm. And that was really cool because it just made his personality so much bigger. You got so much more... Like there's yeah. so much more there now you like, Oh shit, this yeah. guy's seen stuff. Like what, what yeah, has he seen? Yeah. Who does he know? Did he ever meet yeah. Chewbacca? <laughs> Did he ever meet Yoda? Like, we don't yeah. know. There's so much yeah. more there now, but when mm. they put him on the rock and he's mm. in the tele, yeah. not teleport, but it's like, it was like a natural satellite. It was like an amplifier. Yeah. yeah this, it's for zoom call. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the, the signals going up and he passes out finally. Um, yeah. What do you think in your opinion, he saw, And do you think anybody's going to come looking for him? Such a good question. It's so great because, you know, with all, uh,
2: you know, I have a YouTube channel and, you know, I do my reactions, but one of the things that I've always wanted to do, but my following isn't quite there yet is I would love to have theory videos, but I don't like theory videos because um, when it comes to say the new sequel trilogy that came out, I think a lot of people got their hopes up for certain things to happen. And when those things did not happen, people were upset. Now, that's not to say yeah I want to talk about who we could have seen because the force is very very complex, but it's also very simple the way it works because he's basically projecting himself throughout the galaxy um and thank God the emperor's not alive at yes. this time <laughs> I mean I mean we, I mean he could be alive but we I don't think he's really alive yet, but the emperor absolutely would have sensed something like that mm-hmm. and that would have been really dangerous for someone like grogu because yeah you would have sent your inquisitors you would have sent Vader you would have sent someone terrible to go and pick that little force sensitive up, you know, um, but there's only a couple people that could he could have reached out to. Ahsoka obviously being one of them who was eliminated because we've already seen her, so she know- so he so she knows about Groku. The only other person would have to be someone that's alive during Order sixty six, and you can think about characters that were alive in the old Legends canon before Disney got their rights to it. And you can think about people who are alive now in the new Disney canon. So we talk about Ezra Bridger from the Star Wars Rebels. You know, Ezra Bridger could absolutely be someone. A lot of people were talking about Jedi Fallen Order's character, the video game from Respawn. Um, His character, uh, Cal Kestis, in the video game. I don't think that is a great answer because... I don't think they would want to put a character that they're making a video game for in a in a live action series that's way after their video games because you're going to play that video game there's no more incentive to play because you already know he's still alive. Yeah. So why would you do that? It would be great though because Cameron his actor is literally like he, he they, you could just put him in yep. right there and yep. he'll be perfect. You know like cuz I don't know if you uh, played Jedi Fallen yep. Order but this guy, also the way he moves, his uh, slashes and his lightsaber, that's all stuff that he learned when he was little. So that's him and how he fights. So he essentially is Cal Kestis. Um, but I want to talk about other characters like C- Master C- Crook. Uh Master C- Crook is a character that was like seen in the old animated series of the original Clone Wars with the Powerpuff Girl animation, the Samurai mm-hmm. uh, Jack animation. He was someone who kind of got bodied by General Grievous, and he does this Force thing where his race kind of goes into hibernation when he gets beat up and he sleeps and he's someone who survives like like hundreds and hundreds of years after the uh the em- the empire he's with Kate Skywalker all the way down with Darth Crate and everything that's someone that could have picked up uh, uh Grogu Another person would be Quinlan Voss, You know, really yeah. great character. Yeah, really great character. Dark side, not really dark sided, but kind of sort of dark sided, you know, had a love interest with a Ventress, who was also a character that was in Clone Wars. Uh, very underrated character, by the way. Um, I can see uh, characters like that. But when this 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 Mandalorian, I feel like, is doing a really good job of bringing back old characters. And I I think... You're you're gonna see Mace Windu. I yeah. like I I I I don't want it to be Mace Windu because I don't like when they bring back characters so often. But Mace Windu just got bodied, and, yeah. and it's Samuel Jackson. You know, like why not? Why not? But and he's
1: aged enough now that like it would look appropriate.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, easily. They could do so much with him. His hands gone, his eyes are all messed up. You know, shocked by force lightning from the M4. That's a that's a that's a big resume there, fam. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's he's definitely the prediction that I've seen the most and I think just makes the most sense with what they're doing, but I'm with you like I, and nothing against him. I love Samuel L. Jackson, but that just feels yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. just trying to pull in more like mainstream. Yeah.
2: Like, yeah, exactly. Like and I think that's why because who I really want to see is uh well, I don't think I, who I really think actually saved him was Jacosta Nu, who was the librarian Jedi that yep. you saw maybe like an instant in Attack of the Clones, where Obi Wan Kenobi is looking for Camino, and she's like, "Yo, if it's not in the Jedi archives, it's it doesn't exist." You know that lady who I who she survived after uh, Order sixty six. She was hiding inside the Jedi Temple the entire time. She fights Vader later on, which is really crazy. I think she's definitely someone who could have picked up Grogu throw them out there. Ah, oh, man, but there's I mean, I could talk all day cuz there's another <laughs> there's so many Jedi like Shock T, like I don't want Shock T to be dead. She could be another character, very powerful master, you know, uh easily could have survived that long because she is just like a, a socus race. She is to They last a very long time, 150, 200 years. So, uh yeah, you know, it's it's up in the air
1: yeah there there really is just so many options and what i thought was really cool and i probably just a bit of fan service at the end there but the they made the dark troopers or whatever look so much like the shock dark troopers that we yes. love like it yeah. it was just a simple like costume design basically but i loved it like they looked clean they looked good and that's a so story good. they haven't even explored yet you know they no. just keep alluding to these super no. soldiers but they've given us yeah. nothing
2: nothing you have no idea that these these movie only fans have no idea what they're looking at they have no idea they have no they do not understand the history especially with like the death troopers showing up after rogue one when they were well after the first death star blew up which is ultimately where they all died yep and then you know then moff gideon comes in and he's you know he's like Thrawn. he's got his own you know brigade and everything that's why i love the mandalorian because uh it's 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 made by fans and it's made by fans who know they're ish. And I yep. think that's why it's doing so well.
1: Yeah, it's they do just enough job of staying within the mainstream canon to really pull yes. in just the everyday fan. Yeah. And then they there's just these yeah. little things sprinkled in for like uh-huh. the, the, the Uber nerds. And I love it. And you're yeah. right. It's because true fans are making the show.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just the perfect combination. Uh, I usually talk about this on my on my YouTube channel all the time. And it's like the Mandalorian and the, their entire staff. Their, their dev team, their artists, uh, their and their directors. It is a blueprint, a resume for how to make Star Wars. You have John Favreau, who has the experience of a, of a seasoned director, and you have David Filoni, who has literally been there for Star Wars since Revenge of the Sith, made Clone Wars, made Star Wars Rebels, and he's doing so good because he was taught by George Lucas, he's the guy you keep on there so you don't mess up lore, so you understand how everything works so you, you know if you're gonna retcon something it's gotta make sense you know yep. this is no there you know we fly now oh, they fly now you know and that's not to you know shoot anything at the sequels I like the sequels I'm just saying you know like this is the way it should be done
1: that <laughs> the sequel sits somewhere for me as like they're good entertaining movies but like the more I think about it the more I break them down and start to hate them so I just, I just leave it alone I'm like yep I enjoyed yeah. watching that movie it was there like that yeah
2: that. i i feel like that's just that's just how it is you know and i remember growing up with the prequels and revenge of the sith is my favorite star wars of all time i don't care i don't care I, that's that's how it is even when i go back and watch attack of the clones and the phantom menace like, i just i love it i don't care yeah. and, and and that's how it is like i just don't care about these critiques and the sequel trilogy is kind of the same because you can sit here and you can harp on hate all day and that's because you know we live in social media you know when someone tweets out something and someone has a hot take, people like, they retweet it, and everybody has their mind made up right there. They yep. don't think for themselves. They won't even do their due diligence of research. So it's just bad because this person said so. Yep. And that, I feel like, ultimately is the downfall. And when things are just not as good as it should be, or someone comes out and says, well, you know what, they never wanted me to do the job. And, you know, and that's, and that's so many complicated things making things worse than they need to be. Yeah. And I think that's why so many people are against uh, these new things because they, they're hopped up on nostalgia. They don't want something new. And I think that ultimately means defeat when, yeah. you, you know, something is not as good as it
1: should be. You want your member berries. But, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, I think for the sequels, um, mm-hmm. the, the probably my only, like, something I would point out was probably, like, the biggest overall issue is just too many hands in the cookie jar and too many mm. people trying to make it perfect, if you would have mm. let somebody like Favreau or Filoni do it, I, I, I think it would have just been a lot more coherent across the board, like from one to two to three, and just told like a more yeah. succinct story maybe. But like they were still yeah. very entertaining movies. And I think at least like because we're almost the same age. Um, I'm yeah. 33. We grew up with the re-release of the original mm. trilogy coming out in theaters with, you know, like right. yeah, four extra 90s, minutes yes. of action. Yeah. And my yes. dad was... I can't even tell you how excited my dad was to take me to those like it was like he was living his childhood all over again getting to show me his favorite things and that was like our thing so then the prequels came out and I remember um, Phantom Menace was my first midnight show that I stood in line to go to with my dad in like 6th grade like that was the coolest (laughs) thing ever so it's like it didn't even matter that (laughs) <laughs> yes, dude. It didn't even matter that they were like introducing midichlorians and all this stuff because it was just like yeah. I had Star yeah. Wars again. I had a yeah. new Star yeah. Wars story.
2: Yeah. This was your personal trilogy. Yes. You know? And and I feel like that's how it is for kids nowadays because um I I, I watch Star Wars every day, bro. I do. I'm sorry, bro. That's what I do. You know. And uh and I watch it a lot. I always bring in people to watch the new trilogy. And every time I show kids, you know, who are young with the new trilogy, like my my girlfriend's got. Like so many freaking cousins, and they're always over and everything. So we're all watching it, and they love it. They love yeah. so much. They that they love. Right? Oh my god, they're in love with Finn. They love Finn mm-hmm. so freaking much, you know. Um, but then so like when I see them, it's like the critique about you know Luke Skywalker not freaking closing his fists and destroying all of Crate and everything. You know, at the end of the day, you know, what? ah, you know what? They love it. It's okay, you
1: know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <it's, laughs> it it brought in a whole new audience and kept it going it it, it makes it that much easier for us to try to introduce it to a new a new what is what 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 is generation i was like what is the word i'm looking for
2: yes and that's what star wars is about it's about family it's about generational storytelling and god dang it you know i'm gonna say it here that is what the sequel trilogy did that's what it's supposed to do that's why it's star wars there you go
1: there we go (laughs) there we go go. you heard it here first (laughs) and i agree yeah. honestly i'm gonna get so much shit for that um so <laughs> <Sounds good. Yeah. laughs> one of the characters that i think they've been teasing a little bit with all of this and i would just i would kill to see. And i want your opinion do you think star yeah. killer is gonna make an appearance at some uh,
2: point
1: you know it's so funny because sam whitworth has already been
2: inside the series with the uh with i think it was the first episode with the yep. marshall he's like he's literally a side character as soon as
1: i saw him um, i was like <gasps>
2: Yeah, it's so funny because I, when I watch my reactions, I watch it on a tiny monitor. So I, I can't see him until I watch it on the oh. big, you know, 4K TV. And I was like, oh, Frank, I'm a fraud, you know. So uh, and I'm watching it. And uh, yeah, you know, it could be it could be uh, a really big thing, because if you watch Clone Wars and you do and you do a lot of behind the scenes stuff, you know what characters were supposed to be in Clone Wars animated series? It was supposed to be Darth Revan and Darth Bane, like the actual, um, n- not just the names, of course. It's These were supposed to be the people, uh, the Knights of the Old Republic and the Revan, like his actual appearance from the game, uh, Darth Bane's actual appearance from the novels. And then George Lucas and, uh, and David Filoni decided just at the last second not to put him in. Aww. And you have a character, yeah, and you have a character like Starkiller, who at times was so incredibly overpowered, but... Because he was in a video game. And you read yep. the novels, he's not really as powerful as people really perceive him to be, especially the one part, this guy, this the star killer guy, this force sensitive guy who is so strong, he's whooping Darth Vader's butt and taking it to the Emperor. He takes down the Star Destroyer in the video game. That's like one of the I think that's probably the most uh notable Levels of the entire game yep. is like this guy is taking this Star Destroyer, we know, with his fists in the force. But when you do your due diligence and you're reading the novel, it's not really like that. He's more, it's already going down, it's crashing. Yeah. He's just hiding it down, yep. you know. Um, and he was actually supposed to be in Star Wars Rebels, believe it or not, and they decided oh. not to put him in. So it's crazy because this character is getting closer and closer okay. to his birth in the new canon. I guarantee you. If he is there, I don't think he's going to be as powerful as people perceive him. Imagine if Groku reaches out and it's Starkiller
1: that's what I'm saying that would just be the coolest he shows up and he's like what the hell is this and that just would like, be well, too who are much you for me. yeah that would
2: be so much for me because not only is Starkiller just so compelling and interesting he's 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 enigmatic obviously to the the movie fan base because they've never seen they've never played no. the video games of this character but Sam Witwer has been Star Wars for so long he's Darth Maul he's the Emperor he's played so many voice uh, voices of characters in Clone Wars the animated series and Star Wars Rebels And, of course, he is the body. He is the voice of Starkiller, the actual character. And it's it's right there. You know, they could do it if they wanted to.
1: Yeah, they really could, and I, I agree with you. I think bringing him down to a Anakin on steroids type level, because mm-hmm. you have the yeah. you have the backstory that he he doesn't know how to control all this. This is a yeah. dude that yeah. was just taken and forced to do exactly what Vader said and nothing else. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he just reacts randomly. He yeah. he might sense something yeah. new in the Force and just be like, "Oh, what's that?"
2: Yeah, I could even see Galen Merrick, and that is his clone.
1: You know, oh and yeah, that would, okay. That would,
2: See, that would even make more sense because you already have Cloney, you already have Grogu, you already have Dr. Dr. Pershing who's trying to figure out, was well, he making Snoke? Is he making the Emperor? You know, what is this going on? So, uh, you know, Galen Merrick could obviously be, hey, you know, I was this lab rat and I escaped from Vader and the Emperor. Now I'm just doing my own thing. And I heard someone call to the force. Why not? You know, I,
1: I would love that. I'm here for that one. That's a good one. Uh, speaking of Dr. pershing what, or Pershing, excuse me, what, yeah. uh, brand new character we don't really know much yeah. about him yeah one
2: of the only characters out of like three that have glasses in the star wars universe
1: <laughs> you would notice that <laughs> yeah
2: yeah, yeah. no george Lucas does not like underwear and he does not like glasses in the star wars universe and and toilets he's like really big on it that was not
1: supposed to be a thing they don't have those in space no yeah that's that's his thing that's his thing he literally <laughs> says that fair i guess but what yeah and you touched on it already, but I I really hope that they aren't tying that to the whole clone Mm -hmm. thing with the emperor. Like I just leave those separate, but what, what do you think? Like where, where is he coming from? Is the ultimate goal just these like clone troopers or is there like something bigger going here? Are they trying to bring Vader back or like something else?
2: Well, I think there's two things because, um, I, it would make it wouldn't make sense to me if if like he's serving Grand Admiral Thrawn. You know, uh, Moff Gideon does not seem like that type of person. Moff Gideon seems like this is for the Empire. I am going to do what I can to make sure Doctor Pershing gets any type of donor, whatever, to make sure I get midi chlorines inside my body. And 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 I feel like you look at him and his appearance. His armor is very similar to Darth Vader's. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's already tested. He has a dark saber that is a lightsaber. You know how many non-force sensitive have wielded a lightsaber outside Han Solo? Or, you know, well, Finn is force sensitive now. But there isn't many. There's maybe like two or three. Why is this man holding a dark saber? How did he get it from Bo-Katan? I think this man is, I think, I I don't think he's force sensitive. But I think he's on the level of like Churit Inua where he's trying to get into Mm -hmm. this and put... M count put, put many chlorines inside his own body so he can bring back the empire himself.
1: Yeah, that's I, I that's actually a really good. I, I could dig yeah. that, and that's yeah. see, I just love him as a bad guy, and it, he gives off such so, hardcore Darth Vader vibes. You can tell that he yeah. like really looked up to him. But I mean, yeah. it, all things considered, because Grand Admiral Thrawn gave himself that title. Yes, technically yeah, yeah. speaking, aren't him and Moff Gideon both just warlord Moths? Like they, they're technically on the same level.
2: So, uh, actually, I think in the newest, uh, one of the newest novels, not uh, the Chiss Ascendancy one where he had just came out with, or Chaos Rising, that Timothy Zahn came out, who was the writer of all the old yep. uh, Thrawn novels. Uh, the one before that, which I believe is Treason, I th- I and mean, i could be totally wrong because there's so much star wars knowledge sometimes i have to lead stuff <laughs> in my head uh but i believe he was uh actually brought up to grand Admiral during that time because there was uh... Grand Moff tarkin there was a, there was this entire meeting and the director krennic was a part of it and director krennic was really giving uh thrawn a, a terrible issue because uh thrawn wanted his defenders to be a part of this brand new thing but dr krennic was trying to you know, convince the Emperor of the Death Star project, and as we all know, he did. Um, and so, I think during that time, uh, uh, Mo- uh, Moff Tarkin was trying to get Thrawn on his side. So it was kind of like the Emperor and Doctor Krennic versus Thrawn and Moff and Moff Tarkin. And 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 I and I think during that time, that's when he was kind of um, upgraded to Grand Admiral. But I I, I could be totally wrong. Um, but yeah, you know, it's such a it's such a weird thing that. Uh, ultimately, the empire, uh, the shards of the empire, the remnants of the empire, which is what they are after Return of the Jedi, because they're they're struggling. The, the New Republic has been basically established, and uh, everyone now, including Moff Gideon, they're kind of warlords. Yeah, you know, they're they're holding on to whatever they have left, and and you see Moff Gideon, he doesn't have a star destroyer. He's got a star cruiser. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is a two door. You know, in 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 the uh, he's got the SCV. coupe. Yeah, dude, he's got the coop. They're, they're struggling. And, and, and all I love so much too is my girlfriend was talking about, wait, what about these stormtroopers? These are people that are, they don't have, you know, they've never had parents. They've been abducted. And like, well, yes, but you have to understand too, everybody that's in the empire right now, they are not good people. You know, the, the, like, I mean, like, and it's sad too, because you have someone like Admiral Sloan from the aftermath books, who is like probably one of the greatest female officers in the, in the empire. Um, And she's not evil. Well, she just believes in that the Empire is the best course of action to keep peace and and, and stability inside the galaxy. But someone like Moff Gideon, he's evil. You know, yeah. his entire battalion, Death Troopers and Stormtroopers, they're all evil, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, those, uh, those are the it,
1: dregs that hung around because they liked what they were doing, not they because they were act. just supporting the Empire.
2: Yeah, yeah, they are very big. Uh, they're very elitist, you know. They only speak basic, which is the version of ink you know that's why you only see that's why you see n- no aliens inside the empires because they're
1: racist you know they yeah. like legitimately
2: <laughs> like racist
1: yeah so uh like that's it's a big thing um one last big obviously huge yeah. guy we got to talk about from last week's episode uh boba fett yeah we knew he was coming from i think it was episode two um or one yeah. even. It, it, it was the one with Cobb Vance. You see him at the end. Yes. The you, you recognize yes. him right away. So, so then you Google really? who directs yes, all the episodes. You know. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> Turns
1: yeah. Turns out he directs episode six. So you're like, okay, well, we know what's happening now, but yeah. man, he looked rough. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Years on Tatooine yes. have not been good to our boy.
2: No, no, no. And and I feel like that's the beauty of it, because this is probably gonna be the last question I gotta head out after this. Yep. Um but uh Boba Fett is one of those characters who's you know, he's, he's a phasma, and what I mean by that, he's a character who didn't get his entire potential filled out and fleshed out in the original trilogy. He's got one really great part, and that's in Empire Strikes Back when he's walking across. Luke Skywalker sees him, and then he turns back and shoots Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker's like, whoa, what the hell happened? And, and I feel like a lot of people overlook that scene because you don't understand how good Bobo Fett is. Like, this man literally understood that a Jedi was sneaking up on him and then shot back at the Jedi and put him on blast. You know, like that's mm-hmm. that's huge. That is that is massive. And you don't see anything else from him aside from him falling to the Sarlacc pit. So we so got so comically, <laughs> yeah. And it's sad to me too because George Lucas actually regrets doing that. And if he he said he like if 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 Bo- if I knew Boba Fett was going to be this big, I would have never killed him off like that. You know. And now we have five six years after Return of the Jedi, so it's like thirty five plus years since Return of the Jedi, and we the first time we've seen Boba Fett on screen. And and last time we saw him was blown up, you know, Jabba Hut's, uh, you know, sail barge is, is blown up, you know, this tattooing, this is a dune sea, you know, you're going to die out there. You got yep. sand demons, you got, you got Sarlacc, you got crate dragons, you got Tusken Raiders. Yep. And, and, you know, Boba Fett falls into that Sarlacc pit and, you know, eventually he does climb out. And, and that's how it was in the old legends. He did climb out. He, I think it took him about two or three times. Uh, then he was left for dead until his old, bounty hunter buddy Dengar finds him and I don't know if they're going to keep doing that it doesn't seem like they're going to do that because Boba Fett has kind of lived amongst the Tusken Raiders that's what it seems like that he's yeah. been doing is, is hanging out on Tatooine because last season we saw with the Fenix Shan episode when they're back on Tatooine we saw those boots we saw that cape who's picking it up well we know now it was Boba Fett saving her life and Boba Fett is such a huge character and I I, I'm I'm kind of like dumbfounded bewildered that he's in this because he's bigger than the Mandalorian this is arguably the biggest character that's been in the Mandalorian this is Boba freaking Fett you know this is the Fett man and I hope that he doesn't overshadow Din Djarin because I love the Mandalorian but if you put too much Boba Fett then I feel like it's really going to outcast the Mandalorian and it's no longer going to be the Mandalorian. It's going to be Boba Fett, you know?
1: Yeah. And that's, uh, I agree with you. I love him and I I love what they've done with the series as a whole, like going back and retconning his voice into the old movies and yeah. stuff. Like they've done such yeah, a good you job. Have as, to yeah. You have to. It's, it's amazing work, but I agree. I think they need to go on this mission with him, bust Bill Burr, out of the space mm-hmm. jail, but then like they need to get rid of him for a while because even just yeah. being there and being like the surly quiet guy, it completely takes away from everything we're trying to get out of Din Djarin right now. And we're yeah. really starting to get some actual like character development from him. And yeah. I would hate to see that go by the wayside just for fan service.
2: Yeah, as much I as mean, I love Boba Fett. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think how they're using him right now is is very like, honestly, it's crazy because if you read the comics, especially the new comics, Boba Fett is by far one of the most violent people in the Star Wars universe. Like this man, uh, I, I, I he almost takes pleasure in killing people, and and it's terrifying because it, the, especially in the bounty hunter uh, comic books, like he has some of the most gruesome deaths that I've seen. Like, I, like he like he kills people in in like crazy ways, and I'm not just saying it to say it. Like, no, like you gotta you gotta look and see what he does to people when when his bounty hunter and stuff because he's only for himself, and when he says something at the end, it's like no, you know, hey uh you know we're pretty honorable we're gonna help you get you get your kid back all right how you think about that you know that sounds great you know so um i don't know how they're gonna do it uh but either way i'm very excited and the show is just so good every week it gets better and better so i'm just gonna shut my mouth and watch it and, and yep. enjoy it
1: <laughs> exactly well I, that's a great place to wrap up thank you so much for coming yeah. on talking about this i think we definitely need to do this again after the finale because we have enough to yeah. talk about for sure uh is there anything you wanted to plug at all
2: uh, I mean, if you hey, listen, if you want a nerd that talks about Star Wars all day and is a social media guy, sure, I guess. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on YouTube. I make some silly TikToks. Other than that, yo, thanks so much, Simphonic bro.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. You have a great night.
2: Yeah, you too, fam. Thanks, man.
1: Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify. We'll be available on iTunes soon. Tune in next week for another great episode. Thanks.